Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Welcome to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Great news. Randy Carricker is in studio still. <laughs> hey, guys. Bad news is he is planning on leaving as soon as possible. As soon as he can. That's good news for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad news for the audience. Uh, Randy is kind enough to be uh, working on a computer situation that Jackson destroyed. Right. Tech support Randy. Over. <laughs> tech support Randy. He hosts Morning Drive and also handles tech support in the 101 ESPN studios. Welcome into the show. Your thoughts are welcome anytime. As you know, the Air Comfort service text line 65780 we have two guests for the first time in the history of the show when you're only on for an hour right to like loaded up with guests it's difficult but but uh, today we will have bernie federco coming up at uh, 10 15 on the brown and crouppen celebrity line and dan mclaughlin will join us uh, from san francisco up early in the morning uh he will join us coming up at 10 45 so you'll get your dose of blues you'll get thank you very much randy Kind, kind gentleman. Uh, you'll get Joseph Blues and Cardo. Randy's appearing on the air. Jackson, look at him and show respect. Hi, Randy. So, uh, hey, Ajax. <laughs> uh, so back in the day, when you we sound were like th- Barry White today. <laughs> so uh, you'll appreciate this what do we Tim, have? because, uh, and Michelle did. Not as much Matthew, but I, I said to those guys, "Lady Love." Oh, nice. That uh, sound good. Remember when we were at 1380, I did a show from 10 to 11 in the morning, and that's when 24 was hot, and my open for the show was Jack Bauer saying, the following takes place between 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. What were you doing on for an hour? I thought you were doing afternoons there. Oh, maybe when you got there, I was doing afternoons. Okay. I started off as a one-hour guy. What was that about? Yeah. That's the way it worked out. <laughs> I get me having an hour. I don't get you having an hour. <laughs> Have a great show. All right. Thank you, Randy. Thanks, there Randy. The great Randy character making a uh, balloon party cameo here. Uh, so, like I said, Bernie Federko at 1015, Dan McLaughlin at 1045. Uh, let me uh, go rat-a-tat-tat. I'm curious where the audience is on this thing. I'm Here's what I'm I'm not discouraged by the actual play on the ice. I'm concerned by the health of the Blues defensemen. That that's a big thing. Not that that's a, a really scalding take, uh, master of the obvious here. But if as far as and, and I was and I, I made sure to watch uh, the post game show on on Bally Sports Midwest, and I saw Jamie Rivers and Bernie Federko with uh, Alexa Dat talking about uh, a similar uh, thought process, which kind of made me feel good that I was thinking the same thing that they were. Uh, probably doesn't make them feel good that they were thinking the same thing that I am. And that is, I don't, I didn't really think that that was like the wild dominating the blues like the score would indicate. And, uh, you know, I just got done doing TMA from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. and was talking with Doug Vaughn. And, uh, and I wonder how many people did what Doug did because they're watching it live. I watched the first period live, and then I get up this morning. I was up at 4.15, and I was watching the second, third period. But if it's 4 nothing, and you're like, oh, this isn't going to happen, I'm going to go to bed, then you perhaps didn't stick around to see the final however many minutes, 30 minutes or so of the game. And the Blues, you know, I get 4 nothing. Minnesota's going into the shell fine. But it got to 4-2, and if it weren't for a crossbar, that's a one-goal game. Let me just put it this way. 
as far as what I'm seeing on the ice, I'm not going, oh boy, the Blues are in trouble at all. Um, I, I suppose to try to draw a parallel of some capacity to something that's fresh in our minds, and I don't think too many people really remember much about last year with the Avalanche or even a couple years ago in the bubble with the Canucks. But in 2019, I remember thinking even when they were down 2-1 to the Sharks, I'm like, yeah, because that was right after the hand pass. I'm thinking, the Blues are the better team. I know they're down 2-1, but I feel like they're the better team. Now, I will say this. When the Bruins were up 2-1, I'm like, boy, I don't think this is going to work out for the Blues. So it doesn't necessarily uh, work out based on if you were scoring this like a boxing match. Here is where things are different from 2019. In 2019, the Blues had two things over the course of two months, really work in their favor that are probably, from a a mathematical standpoint, uh, unlikely. And that is the breaks really went their way more often than not. Certainly that doesn't mean across the board, but more often than not. uh, Think of the first overtime period against Dallas as an example. Um, But, you know, certainly the the hand pass thing was a bad break. Uh, And they also remained healthy for the most part. Minnesota is not on the board. Minnesota doesn't have a shot on goal if Bortuzzo's stick doesn't break last night. I mean, that's just a bad break, right? literally and metaphorically. That that sucked. I, I, I was so irritated by that because if you were listening yesterday, and you may have heard Darren Pang talk about it as well when he's our, our guest, we were talking about what we expected from Minnesota at the outset, and that was just you know, as as Panger said, you know, everything in the kitchen sink. And maybe they were thrown at the Blues, but the Blues weren't certainly given anything because they didn't have a shot on goal. Uh, it's not like the Blues were killing it, but, but Minnesota wasn't doing anything. And if it weren't for that happening, who knows what winds up what winds up occurring. And then you get a couple penalties, not exactly, you know, as, as Jamie Rivers said in the postgame on, on Valley Sports Midwest, not necessarily what you would expect in playoff hockey with some of these ticky-tack penalties being called, and then the one with the Letty not being called in game one. But the bigger concern as far as what the outcome is of the series and then also the way things play out with regards to uh, with regards to um, the, the playoffs as a whole is the health and that is something that that is a concern and i don't know how you can shake that because you just don't know you don't know what bortuzzo's situation is you don't know what letty's situation is and if you are dealing with uh that kind of impact uh on uh, defense scandal you you got a you got a situation that's going to be tough to overcome and i don't care if you're the avalanche the panthers the hurricanes whoever it doesn't matter that is and that's a bad beat so you've had a couple bad beats another thing that was a bad beat last night and i don't really consider this pissing and moaning about officiating because i think if they saw it they call it it's just a bad break that they didn't call it uh, they didn't call it because they didn't see it. And that is a, a delay a game penalty on Minnesota that clearly should have been called in the second period, but the officials just wore, didn't have their eyes on it when uh, Minnesota shot it into the crowd. That's a delay a game penalty. But they couldn't just make up that they saw it, and so it, 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 the Blues don't get that power play. That's a bad break. It sucks. So as far as the on-ice goes, Minnesota actually was on their heels it, after having a 4 nothing lead. Uh, and obviously the Blues outplayed them in game one. But if the Blues are that thin at defense going forward, that, that's a problem, whether they're outplaying them or, or not. So, I, I, listen, I don't want to turn this in like the Blues are dominating this thing and they're the, clearly the, the greatest team ever. That's not what I'm saying. But the 6-2 loss 
didn't, to me anyway, feel like a 6-2 loss if the Blues, for example, get to Colorado and they lose a game 6-2. My guess is it's going to feel differently. And by that, I mean you're going to go, well, the Avalanche are the superior team, and that score is about right. For example, last year when the Blues lost to the Avalanche, it's pretty immemorable because the Blues weren't in the same class at that point, and the games weren't really all that close. And it, it, it's like when the Cardinals played the Nationals in 2019 in the NLCS. Yes, the Cardinals were in the NLCS, but you know they didn't right. really right. stand a chance. So, with that all said, I'm anxious to get what Bernie Federico's perspective is on it. He is going to be with us at 10.15 for our Engineer Design Facilities uh, Blues Playoff Report. Dan McLaughlin with his perspective on the Cardinals' victory yesterday, but really more of a a state of the team situation as uh, eyes are on the corner outfield spots and shortstop. Tyler O'Neill did rake yesterday. He had a home run, one of those home runs where the pitcher didn't even bother to look because he knew right at the sound of the bat the thing was gone. Uh, and uh, Paul DeYoung with no hits, but Nolan Arenado continues to do some raking. So the Cardinals take two of three from the Royals. And Jackson on the air, I said, oh, Mike, I still can't believe the Cardinals were only minus 40 yesterday. Yeah. But I just forgot to bet it. Yep. So then this one I actually said, to right. bet it, I personally forgot to bet it. Ah. I'm really surprised that was only minus 40. That, to me, is a minus 170 because right. the pitching matchup more than anything. Definitely, yeah. It's uh, Although Wainwright hasn't been doing what he did yesterday all season long. But yesterday was a perfect... Uh, Chris Bubik. Right, Bubich. example for the offense to... Lasted a third of an inning. Yeah, stretch their legs a little bit yeah. and for just the team to kind of get right. One of those get-right games, especially before you head out to uh, San Fran. I know you're treading lightly with your hockey takes, but you're watching. Yes. I want that to be crystal clear to the audience. Anything stand out to you that I have not observed uh, in my opening soliloquy? Uh, we kind of we touched on it yesterday with how important that first goal is, uh, more so the Minnesota for if the Blues were to score. But that the way in which Minnesota scored, especially after the Blues played well and Minnesota really didn't at the beginning, the way that Bortuzzo sticks breaks and then they get the easy goal is like, that really that stinks. That's like, that just like sucks. Yeah. If, you're, if you're on the Blues, you're just like, wow, like something that happens once out of a thousand times, and that's what's going to kill us. And then it just piles on after that. It just that. was it was a bad stretch. You know, you find out Letty's yeah. not playing, then you have that garbage. Right. It's like I a mean, bad the omen. Penalties. You're kind of going, okay, really. And then of course they get power play. You know, it's three nothing after the first period. And so Minnesota at that point, if you recall in, in game one. You're watching the the play, and it was a similar spot, although the Blues' lead wasn't as big as Minnesota's lead, mm-hmm. and Minnesota just didn't have anything really going no. on. No. Well, Minnesota's in the same mindset. We're up 4 nothing. You know, we don't need to score. This isn't, you know, Nebraska in 1993 <laughs> at Froh Field. We don't need to run up the score. We've Definitely. kind of, we you know, and, and yet the Blues are still making a move. Still, yeah. Cairo I'm... scores, and here we go, and now it's getting going, and here they come, and now it's 4-2. to two. I believe it was Tarasenko hit the crossbar, and, you, and they show Flurry like massaging oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the post, yeah. thanking it for protecting him. And he did look good, I thought early, but he did leave some rebounds. Some of them were fortunate that they didn't. I mean, it's just I don't, I don't know. I'm point being at this moment, I'm not impressed, but I'm concerned because of the Blues' health. We'll see what uh, Bernie Federico has to say. He's going to join us here in a couple of minutes. Uh, this is a significant thing here on 101 ESPN. Our teammate Chris Duncan would have turned 41 years old this month, and in celebration of his birthday, we have a new limited edition Dunk T-shirt now available for a limited time. Now through Friday, May 20th, 
you can order this year's CD16 t-shirt with proceeds from all sales going to support the Chris Duncan Memorial Scholarship Fund. Check out that limited edition Dunk Shirzy and order yours now at 101ESPN.com slash Dunk 16. Again, that's 101ESPN.com slash Dunk 16 uh, with all the proceeds uh, going to the Chris Duncan Memorial Scholarship Fund. Once again, 101ESPN.com slash Dunk 16. The late, great Chris Duncan. Uh, we will take our first commercial break, and on the other side of this very quick commercial break, Bernie Federico will join us to give us his perspective on Game 2, the state of the series. That's coming up next with our EDF Blues Playoff Report here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for a Blues Playoff Report. Brought to you by Engineered Design Facilities, the number one commercial fire alarm service provider in St. Louis. Welcome back, 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you here for our one-hour Action Jackson on the ones and twos. And it is our pleasure to welcome to the Brown and Crouppen and Celebrity Line, ladies and gentlemen, the Hall of Famer, Bernie Federico. Good morning, Bernie. Morning, Jim. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Always like to get your perspective anytime, but especially following a playoff game. And I was watching you last night on the Bally's uh, Sports Midwest postgame show, and I had uh, the same reaction to the game that you did, that, yeah, it's disappointing to lose, but you didn't necessarily feel like Minnesota dominated that game. Uh, if you could, for our audience, uh, elaborate on, on your perspective on that, Bernie. Well, I think that Minnesota was really opportunistic last night. I mean, when you look at the overall scoring chances, the Blues had more scoring chances. I think the Blues held the play. I mean, if you looked at just time of possession in the offensive zone, to me, uh, it was much more Blues than it was the Wild. The Wild seemed to, I mean, they got a couple of power play goals. I kind of, you know, it's kind of the reversal, as we said, from uh, Monday night's game. And the Blues really got outchanced in the game on Monday, but uh, the bounces went uh, their way. Last night, it was the it was the opposite. So it's an even series right now. And, and I really liked the way the Blues played last night. I thought that they were aggressive. They were really on the puck. Uh, they, they, and I think even Craig Bruby said it last night. I mean, you can't fault the guys the way they played. And sometimes the puck just doesn't go your way. The bounces don't go your way. And that's exactly what happened last night. Yeah, I, I took that away as well. That the, the, the first goal, so unfortunate. At the first t- approximate 10, 12 minutes, I was really curious going into the game to see how Minnesota would come out and how they came out. They may have been on fire. I don't know, but they didn't put any pucks on the net. The Blues were uh, controlling play. And then you just get that bad break with Bortuzzo's stick breaking. It was just so unfortunate that that's the way that things played out. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, uh, I thought Minnesota was really flat coming out. I, I thought that they would be a lot more excited. I mean, I know they were trying to play more five-on-five. Five. I mean, their special teams are not as good as the Blues, so I think that their good game plan last night was to make sure that they could play five-on-five five hockey as much as possible. But they ended up with a couple of power plays, as they did in game one, but they never scored on the power play. Last night they did. And, and yes, I mean, it was a tough break for Robert Bortuzzo with the stick breaking and uh, but you take advantage of those situations, and that's what Minnesota was able to do. And they finally got one past Huso, and then you could see that crowd come alive too, Tim, last night. And I think that's the difference when you're at home and and you can get some momentum uh, from a goal like that, and then the crowd gets behind them. They couldn't do that on Monday night, and uh, Ken, that's kind of what the Blues need to do coming back here tomorrow night is try to get an early goal, try to get the momentum, try to get the crowd involved, and then it, it really helps an awful lot. 
Bernie Federico, our guest here, presented by EDF for our Blues Playoff Report. The Hall of Famer joining us on 101 ESPN. If there's one thing that I think a lot of fans, even if they're comfortable with the way the Blues have played, they may be concerned about, and this is where I would put myself, is the health of the Blues uh, defensemen at this moment. Of course, we don't know the status for Game 3, but there are some question marks. Uh, What is your thought on where things stand uh, with the Blues defensemen, and if some guys aren't ready to go what direction the blues would decide to uh to go with filling those spots yeah Tim, that's a really good question because i i think that when we talked about this blues team we all knew that the depth up front was going to be really the uh, key to success for the blues this year and it has been i mean the you got three what nine guys that scored 20 more goals and the fourth line was really good so was the defense was was really not deep uh, by any means and now when you have some key injuries it makes it even harder i mean uh, we don't know what the status of of Letty is we don't certainly now Bortuzzo and and, and still with uh, Scandella we don't know what the story is that but I know Scandella's been skating so mm-hmm. hopefully uh, by tomorrow night he'll be able to be back in in the lineup but uh, with Letty and and with Bortuzzo that's still the unknown but uh, that's just uh, I, I think Craig Groovy said it best last night the, those are the bounces of hockey is that you're going to have injuries in in a it's a very physical game and, and things happen and, and you've got to be prepared for it and you have to got to move on for it so. Uh, I mean, I, I, Rosen has played fine. Uh, Mikola has played fine when they were called upon during the year. Uh, that's what you got your depth. That's sure the inexperience kind of hurts you a little bit, especially to take a guy like Letty, who's got, what, 120-some uh, playoff games in his resume. It, it's hard to replace those guys, but uh, certainly you've just got to try to, to really to cruise through that, and you've got to get some more support from your forwards defensively, and I think that's it. You've got to get the big saves from the goaltender when you need it. So hopefully uh, that was last night. Hopefully that these guys are going to be back, and it's not going to be long-term. And if it's not, then you just got to find a, a way around and just got to play through it. Get the home ice crowd, also get the last change. How much do you think that will impact things here tomorrow night? I really don't think it's going to impact things that much. I mean, just from watching the game last night, the Blues have got uh, three capable lines of scoring, whatever they want to do. And, and with Minnesota, I mean, obviously they got that grief line that they were going to probably want to play against uh, whichever line it is. I mean, I think they chose kind of Thomas's line, but they uh, were also out there against Riley a little bit last night. And I don't really think that Craig Ruby really cares about that right now. But certainly you do have the last change. It, it does help you. And uh, the, the coaches, coaching staff will have to see what they want to do. But I, I really, uh, I think that the Blues' depth is just so great on, on at forward position that I think it really is. They're one of the teams that's really hard to match up against. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, Dean Everson wants to do tomorrow night and if he can get away with it with Craig having the last uh, uh, change. I'm curious what your opinion on, is on this. We, we were talking a little bit th- uh, about this on TMA this morning. I don't see it happening. We have a text here, Bernie, saying uh, the ESPN color analyst said near the end of the game, and I believe that was Kevin Weeks, that he thought the Blues would switch to Bennington for Game 3. What do you think? I didn't I didn't hear him say that. I'd be surprised if the Blues did that. Uh, do you think that uh, Craig Berube is considering going to Bennington for Game 3? I would say absolutely not. Uh, it's the same thing that Everson stayed with Flurry. Yeah. I mean, Huso, it's not that Huso had a tough game last night. I mean, uh, Minnesota got some good balances. I mean, it's certainly, you can't say the goal, goaltending by any means was shoddy last night. And I think I felt the same way uh, against uh, with Flurry on Monday. I mean, what was he supposed to do? Yes, he let in four goals, three of them basically were power plays, two where one was two seconds after the power play ended. 
Um, the Minnesota Wild didn't score any goals on Monday. You can't fault the goaltender when you don't score any goals because you can't get a winning game 0-0. So uh, that's kind of the way it is, and I would be very surprised. And you know what? I with Kevin Weeks says a lot of things that <laughs> that um, he he kind of thinks that he's got inside information. And I would be very surprised that uh, that if they if they change to Bennington. I mean, certainly Bennington is very capable. If, if Craig wanted to go that way. Uh, it, it, I mean, hey, he's proven himself, but Bennington's already won a Stanley Cup. So if you wanted to go that way, I think the guys would be all for that. But I don't see any indication from what I saw last night that uh, would change Craig's mind. But we'll have to wait and see. That's not up to me or, or you or anybody else. Right, it's yeah. It's going to be up to, up to what Craig and the coaching staff want to do. I can't recall if it was you or if it was uh, Jamie, if it was Panger, but on the postgame show, someone I know said uh, Baruby showed, you know, he wanted, he's got, Huso's got to learn. This is part of being a playoff goalie. You're going to have games where it doesn't go your way. And if you just yank him in his first bad, uh, not that it was necessarily, as you said, his fault, but his first game where it gets away, uh, that doesn't really instill much confidence in him so if you yank him from a start after his first rough one I would imagine it would have a similar impact so I'd just be surprised if they went that direction yeah I would too Tim I mean uh, when you if you analyze the, the goals I mean you go back to the goals last night I mean where was was where are you going to fault Fuso? Uh, I mean the first one was a was a bad break for a, it was basically a two-on-one shot one timer that went through his pads as you tried to go from right to left, I mean, those things are going to happen. Next two were power play goals. What, what do you do on those when you, you really don't have much of a, of a chance? I mean, there's a scramble inside the, you know, the middle of the ice. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, you, it's a learning process. I mean, that's his first loss. It's his first playoff loss. I mean, you get his first playoff win on Monday, gets his first loss last night. And, and, and I, I mean, everybody was saying, Oh, maybe he's going to get pulled last night and give him a rest. Well, uh, the thing is with the goaltenders, they'd never want to get pulled. And, I don't think it sends much of a message to him if you pull him last night, and it really doesn't send much of a message to Bennington either if you put him in for the last seven or eight minutes and say, "Hey, just go clean things up." So uh, it's a different, you know, it's really right now it's a it's a it's a it's a different monster out there each and every night. So uh, I like the way Billy has played. If if uh, Craig chooses to go the other way, that's great, but. Uh, I don't see or foresee that because of what he did last night. If it was something that he wants to change, it would be really only by design, not because of, of Huso's game the way he played last night. From my perspective at this point, even though it's 1-1 and certainly the health of the Blues defenseman up in the air, uh, I like what I've seen. I mean, first off, you got the home ice back, but, but secondarily, just I think overall, if you were scoring this like a boxing match, I think the Blues have overall outplayed Minnesota. And again, that's keeping in mind that they were playing with five defensemen for most of the game, most of the game last night, and uh, they haven't had their full allotment out there yet. I like what I've I've seen, and I feel like like also Bernie that there isn't a whole lot of panic locally amongst the fan base at this moment. How would how would you evaluate it through through two overall? Yeah, I don't think there should be any panic. I, I really think if you look at that game, as you just said, both those games, the Blues really have had the better of the scoring chances. The Blues have had the better of the play. So. Uh, if if you look at what the Wild have done this year, I mean, if the Wild have played like that all the time, and maybe it's just the Blues have got their number because, I mean, the Wild put together a run just like the Blues did over the course of the last six weeks or whatever it was. I mean, they lost only a couple of games just like the Blues did. Uh, but when I watched the game last night, I, I both nights, I thought the Blues were the much better team um, the way the overall play was. So th- does the Minnesota Wild have another level or are they not playing as well as they, they can right now? I, I don't know, but uh, we'll see it as time goes on. But if, if you ask me as you write, you, I, I agree with the boxing terms. 
the, the, the points would more points would be scored to the Blues, I think, uh, through the first two games than, than certainly to the Minnesota Wild. I, uh, I love hearing you agree with me. I'm sure you're privately very concerned that you agree with me, though, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and I don't blame you for that. Bernie, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for taking time out of your morning to join us. Jim, my pleasure. You guys have a great day. You too. That's Thanks, the great Bernie Federico here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Yeah, I, I was asking Randy and Michelle as we came in here. I said, "What was the what was the tone of the the listeners on uh, mm-hmm. Carriker and Smallman?" They said, "You know, people are just pretty pretty cool." I think right. once you get game one, as long as there isn't uh, an injury or two uh, or a suspension that comes from game two, if you're on the road, you're kind of feeling like you're playing a bit with house money. And I, I think the thing that I take that's most encouraging from it is the way they just really outplayed them in, in most of the second period and the third period. I don't know. That would kind of rattle me if, if the shoe were on the other foot. I, I'm trying to, I always try to put myself in the other perspective of the other fan base. And you're happy you won, but in, in the back of your mind, you'd kind of go, boy, that, 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 that shouldn't have gotten as close as it did at one point. Uh, and then the way that, the, that Minnesota scored to make it, uh, I believe, the fifth goal – well, it's because the Blues are going all in. They got to. And uh, and that just led to the, the opportunity uh, on the breakaway. So with all of that said, it's good to hear Bernie Federico has the uh, same perspective on uh, confidence. The health thing, the bad breaks, that stuff's going to happen. Hopefully the health uh, falls back in the Blues' favor. And some of the guys who weren't out there at the end of last night's game will be back out there when the puck drops. At uh, what time did the puck drop last night, Jackson? Were you monitoring it? I I gave eight forty five oh three. It is my felt like run. it was eight forty eight or almost eight. It was it was getting, oh, it was a little later. It even? was lurching pro, wow. close to eight fifty. I mean, it was. Wow. I felt like it was later than eight forty. I wasn't Tomorrow obviously. Tomorrow night's no a Friday action. night. Nobody's in a car. Nobody's in a car. Oh yeah, that's uh, who cares. What are you going to be doing? Are you going to be down at Wheelhouse? Just like probably not Wheelhouse. But I'll probably be at a bar. So it'll be on. Look I'll at watch you. It. Look at you. Yeah. It's a Most thing. eligible bachelor in St. Louis. Ladies have been put on notice. He yeah, will be I, out, I better, yeah. and he will be on the prowl. Yep, watching, watching puck. <laughs> watching puck, but out of the corner of his eye, watching for Chris Paul. That's what's really going to be going on at that bar. Uh, it's actually been a really great, and I'm not getting into uh-oh, anything. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm not I, getting, lit, I lit the spark. I apologize. No, I'm not getting into anything, but it's been really great because the Blues have played on nights where it's the Suns, Mavs, and the— uh, Heat Sixers, which will both be sweeps, I don't really care about. Mm-hmm. And the other night when the Blues don't play has been Boston, Milwaukee, and Memphis, and Golden State, which is the series I'm really into. So you're grateful to Adam Silver and Gary Bettman. It's, it's worked out perfect. All right, so Jackson is happy. Couldn't I think he's happy because the Blues lost. That's what I think. That your thoughts, nonsense. 65780. Perfect time to text in, as a matter of fact, because 101 ESPN has your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to this Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash for Cardinals and Orioles on May 10th. It's the next Budweiser Bash game of the 2022 season and features two limited edition bobblehead giveaways featuring David Fries and Lee Smith. Get all the details for this Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash now at cardinals.com slash promotions. Jackson, uh, what is it, a text of the day situation? Yes, sir. What was the winner yesterday? Uh, some about, like, give me text of the day, you little asswipe. Yeah, so you understand you don't necessarily have to drain a 50-foot putt in order to win this thing. No, 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 no. You can just walk up and tap it in, and, and right. all of a sudden you find yourself with four tickets to the Cardinals and Orioles. Yeah, but, you know, still a little effort will be appreciated. Uh, Tim, it dropped at 8.45 and 49 seconds, so the over did cover. There you go. 
Are you using like the world clock there? Because I felt like it was later. I, I just I read what what's no, sent into the text inbox and I take it as gospel. Right. That's what I say. Uh, Dan McLaughlin's going to join us coming up in 15 minutes. So we'll have Blues in the first half, uh, and then we'll have some Cardinals discussion as well. Then you have BK and Ferrario from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. and the Fast Lane with Anthony Stalter, Brad Thompson, and Jamie Rivers from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Blues and Wild Game Three pregame at 7:30 p.m. tomorrow night here on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. This program is called Balloon Party, sometimes called Morin Sports, here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you here. Jackson Jackson's on the one and twos. Uh, we were joined by Bernie Federko for our EDF Blues Playoff Report at 10.15. If you miss anything, podcast. Podcast like the Dickens. Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's podcast. Uh, download Balloon Party. Is it, do you download Balloon Party individually or is it all on the 101 ESPN app? Uh, you can get it all through the 101 ESPN well, app and the do. website. Absolutely. Uh, Dan McLaughlin coming up at 10.45 from San Francisco. Cardinals winning yesterday. Stunningly, only minus 140. That was free money. I also thought that the Oilers were in the free money category mm. last night. Uh, just a superior team, and they weren't going to go down 2-0 to the Kings. Uh, and it's great that I say that because I didn't bet on either one of them. So I'm glad I can provide this insight to our audience. Hey, uh, 101 ESPN has your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to this Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash for the Cardinals and Orioles on May 10th. It's the next Budweiser Bash game of the 2022 season and features two limited-edition bobblehead giveaways featuring David Fries and Lee Smith. Get all the details for this Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash now at cardinals.com slash promotions. Yesterday, a text that said, give me the tickets asswipe uh, one. So Jackson's bar is clearly high. It's sophisticated. Uh, do we have any leaders in the clubhouse posting a low number despite uh, these uh, conditions? A lot of texts coming in. Um, they're mad that I put the Blues first, even though they used to get mad at me when I put the Blues last in my Sports Center update. So I don't know. I, I guess I'm so because they lost, they wanted you to put them second. Is that what they are? Or, or last? I don't know. I thought I. Well, how many things do you get to? I feel like you're you're over there for like twelve seconds. You <laughs> Today, I got to Today I got to right? three. Today I got to three. Today I got to three. And I did it. I don't. I ad lib now. I'm wow! Full look ad-lib. at this. Full get ad-lib. Bob Costas over here. I, you know, I'm getting that into that realm. Jackson's getting cocky. Your thoughts? Six five seven eight zero. Stirring the pot. That's right. Uh, nothing really standing out so far. Who has worse clock management, Tim or Mike McCarthy? Oh, I feel like Mike Martz is one of the all-time worst clock managers. I, he's, that's, I know it's kind of before, before your time, before but time. it was I, I, having covered all of those teams, I just remember thinking, what in the world, and the burning of the timeouts. Yeah, and it, the 2003, well, I guess it was January of 2004 playoff game against the Panthers and not trying to win that game before going overtime is still one of my... Uh, my official three, Jackson, as far as what in the world's going on out there, the Vince Lombardi drop, uh, was that 
uh, was the 2014 NLCS bullpen management. I don't know what. Uh, I, yes. I, and, then, and then eventually, like, just right fielders were playing second base. <laughs> and, you know, I have no idea. At the end, when Ishikawa at the home run, and then Missouri's defense against Auburn in the SEC championship game. Those are three while they were going on. I'm right. going, it's gotten away from them. Yeah, for a couple of those, I was alive and very much into those games. And I was very confused, especially on the, the ladder of the defense against Auburn. I got one here that might be the leader of the no, clubhouse. Jackson, I would like you to know that the listeners often are harder than the new guy, and they eventually grow on us. I can assure you that this is not the case. You, sir, are truly terrible. Wow! Well, somebody has posted a low number uh-huh. despite the rainy conditions, and that's going to be tough for the players out on the course to top. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would, that one that would had a multi-layered, pretty clever, so I think that's the leader in the clubhouse. So there's a score of the beat. Uh, Tim, that little twink is more annoying than ever today. That is from the three. What is Jackson doing, though? I think I've said a collective 25 words on the show so far yeah i mean i don't th- i don't th- i don't know well but you know let the people have their fun that's right and maybe they'll wind up winning tickets right. wouldn't it be nice if 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 someone's vitriol hate of me flowed through and manifested them some tickets it could happen six five seven eight zero dan mclaughlin will join us here in a matter of moments uh, bernie federico giving us his perspective on game two of the blues and the wild and uh, we'll see if there is any sign of life tonight for uh, the second uh, round opponent uh, most likely anyway should the blues get past the wild uh, and that is colorado and nashville will nashville show any pushback or will this thing just kind of be over quick fast in a hurry i don't know on that one i don't know on that one uh kind of a defining moment though for florida tonight uh, the President's Trophy winners, they don't want to go down 2-0. They could go on mm-hmm. the, the Tampa Bay Lightning 2019 mm-hmm. plan as they uh, lose game one to the Caps. The Ning bounced back last night. The Oil bounces back last night. And the Blues 2019 Stanley Cup final opponents are now down 2-0 after they lose to the Hurricanes. Uh, somebody was saying that Wayne Gretzky picked the Blues in the Hurricanes in the Stanley Cup final. I guess somebody said that on TMA this Biggie morning. Biggie said that this morning. Is that right? Yeah. I wasn't. Uh, and then he picked the Hurricanes to uh, hoist the chalice. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the Blues, they got such diverse scoring options that it's tough. But with the defensive, look at you, Peter in- Puck, <laughs> you know, Don Cherry. Uh, uh, but with the defensive injuries, you know, if they can't get that right, it's going to be tough. Especially Panthers against minus two fifty, by the way. Avalanche minus four hundred. Boy, when's the last time you saw minus four hundred in a playoff game? My goodness. Ot six. Ot six. Just throw a name. Throw throw a year. I'll take it. Yeah, shoot the score. Uh, and then the Flames are minus 240 against the Stars, so that rounds out your wagering. And then after the triple overtime, the Rangers, who lost in triple overtime to the Penguins, are minus 160 tonight. But statistically, fun facts for no and tell, uh, a team that wins game one in triple overtime is 12-1 and one in Stanley Cup playoff history uh, in the series. The team that wins game one in triple overtime, 12-1 and one in Stanley Cup playoff history. And if we're not mistaken, what that was the Blues who were the one who was the one loss. Fun facts for no and tell. Uh, Gretzky picking the Blues over the Avs is like him picking Los Angeles over Detroit. Why? Uh, that is from the 314. Uh, let's see. Uh, the only thing worse than Jackson talking about the NBA. This might be the leader in the clubhouse. Uh, the only thing worse than Jackson talking about the NBA is you using that Catholic school education of yours. He's talking about you or me? 
I, I think I think it's pretty clear it has to be me. Right. Uh, and talking over everybody's head with your big words. Now, I can't tell if that's performance art. If this were a poker hand, what I would do, I think a lot of people would call in this position and right. then see the action after the flop. I think I'm going to three-bet here because I think this one might be performance art. I would have to tend to agree with you. So you're going to three-bet. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, make it 12-2. and two. The Rangers will be back. All right. Well, the Rangers are a big favorite tonight. Not as big as the Avalanche. Minus 400. Sweet mother of pearl. Minus yeah. 400. Uh, no thought that the Predators are going to push back tonight. We shall see. Blues and Wild tomorrow. Can't wait to see what winds up happening. And uh, just can't wait to hear the energy in the building on a Friday night, Game 3 of a 1-1 series. Dan McLaughlin will join us next. We'll talk Cardinals with him from San Francisco, where they begin a four-game series. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McCurden with you. Our final segment, uh, but uh, Jackson, uh, this is not the this is not a case of ending with you playing Coach Pop Sound from you know the 2003 NBA Semifinals. This sure. is this is this is Dan McLaughlin live from San Francisco. So buckle up, brother. <laughs> Morning, Dan. I'd rather listen to the NBA. <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah. Well, J- J- don't open the door for Jackson because you might get about ten minutes of it if you right. ask. That's all right. <laughs> hey Jackson, did you see the uh, the uh, Mizzou guys are going to have a like a reunion and yeah. play? Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know if you saw that, but oh, no. yeah, Ricky Paulding's coming back. A bunch of them. Yeah, Was it Bowers against Carroll. Uh, Jerry Macklin's, I think, part of the whole deal. Even though I he's love not. It. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. And I've gone to a scrimmage, a Mizzou scrimmage before, and they're they're good times. It's amazing. Like you know, you think about some of the players they had. 10 or 15 years ago and where the program, you know, was and where it is now. And, and then you think about the run that Norm put together in 30 plus years. And you, you, uh, you may have been frustrated at times with Norm for a certain season, certain plays, certain games, certain call, but man, he was pretty darn good for 30 plus years down in old Columbia. You're right, man. It, it, sure. it, perennial contenders. You're right. That, you know, I, I think we kind of took it for granted and now we have an appreciation well, for it. Well, Jackson can't because Jackson's going to let us know, Dan, that he wasn't alive for it. That's that's what's about to happen. I'm just telling you the gates are open down in Columbia right now. You see that? That's a pun, Dan. You couldn't come up with I that as it. the voice of the Cardinals <laughs> for a few decades. Let me ask you, though. So <laughs> Gates is the head coach and then the gates are open. Yep. Is that Got it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Tell you what, Jackson, that, that education is paying off. <laughs> yep. We'll do Horton Watkins High School. Yeah, there it is. Now he's nice. kind of rubbing that in the South City guy's face. But Dan's the one sitting in San Francisco today, Jackson. Not you. Right. Dan's in yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, but then think about it. I am sitting in San Francisco, but I'm talking to you two. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you're not necessarily enjoying the sights and sounds. <laughs> yeah. It does kind of put it in does kind of put it in perspective. <laughs> At least the Cardinals got two out of three from the Royals, one in St. Louis, one in Kansas and City. The... No place I'd rather be than talking to you two. Oh my goodness, right there. Yeah. Oh my so gosh, no, right there. <laughs> right there. It's adorable. Put that yeah, one off. That is right. That is adorable. That's a promo waiting to happen. Uh, Nolan Arnado continues to uh, rake. And the other thing that I've noticed, and I'm sure since you're seeing every one of his at-bats, Dan, is even when he's making outs, I feel like they're hit hard. This has just been a clinic since the thing started four weeks ago. Well, absolutely. I mean, everything he hits is loud. He has made the adjustment of trying to keep the barrel 
in the zone a little bit longer. And so if you're watching the game and you're seeing him extend, you're maybe seeing him not pull off just a little bit, meaning that he's opened up or, you know, the barrel gets a little quick and he's, you know, you pull everything to the left side and it's a foul ball. Now he's keeping it through the zone. Um, and hopefully I'm describing that. Uh, it's tough to do on radio sometimes to describe exactly what I mean, but he's doing that. And, um, and, and you know, I, I said it the other day, Tim, I mean, it was before the, the Kansas City game, the first game, and I said, well, he has accounted, and it was something like, you know, 35% of their runs batted in and, you know, hey, 25% of their home run. I mean, if you take him out of this lineup, who knows where they'd be right now. Yeah. And then you also get the great defense. But, you know, he's had an MVP start to this season, and uh, the pitching has been okay, and, and, and it's settled in. It's just a question of now, you know, can they get some of these guys going offensively? And, and namely, you're talking about DeYoung. O'Neal had a good game yesterday. He had the triple of the two-run homer. And then Dylan Carlson as well. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me one bit that we get to the ballpark today and Yepes is in the lineup. I mean, he, he came up and I talked to Ali and he said, look, kid hits, he's going to play. And he had a couple of doubles yesterday. And, uh, you know, they're looking for a spark. So it wouldn't surprise me one bit if uh, if you see him in the lineup somewhere today. Going through the three guys you named, I, I, I'm reading an article uh, earlier this week. They were talking about O'Neill's hard hit ball rate, and he was in top X percentile last year. Now he's in the bottom Y percentile this year. Anything stand out to you? Uh, with with him that you notice year over year, what is what is different that that you can specify for the audience? Just his timing right now. Um, I, I think if you would have said in years past with O'Neill, what what are you seeing? And it's uh, middle outer half sliders. He's going to chase that, and his chase rate would be high on those pitches. Um, I don't see that as much anymore. And uh, and I think yesterday was was big in the fact that the triple, I believe, went to right center, and then the home run was yanked down the left field line, barely fair. If he's using all fields, because his hands are so quick, he can let the ball go deeper in the zone than most. Uh, it's like he's swinging a toothpick. It's crazy. But he, he, as long as he's not jumping and out and, and out ahead of everything, he should be fine. Um, you know, DeYoung right now is, what can you say? I mean, the guy's hitting about 125, and he's he's got to start to hit. And I would think that this weekend is is big for him. And then at that point, maybe next week, you get off the road trip at some point on the homestand. If it's continuing to go like this, you can't. That's not sustainable. So we'll see if there's something there. And then in terms of Carlson too, you know, he's going to have to pick it up. Um, and a lot of times, Jimmy talked about it last night or yesterday, I should say. He's on his back heels a lot. So those are just things that are some mechanical things. And then obviously there's some. Uh, of the mental side that you you just hope that guys aren't getting buried in particular to young. I'll give Paul a lot of credit with this. He's played very good defense. Um, and many times, you know, the struggles at the plate, the frustrations that you have will carry over to the field. And so far, that has not happened at all with Paul DeYoung. So I, I do give him a lot of credit for that. I think uh, something that, that may be flying under the radar just because he isn't a name like DeYoung or Carlson or O'Neill, so fans aren't as familiar to compare and contrast, but the Cardinals aren't getting a whole lot out of the DH spot either. Um, for sure. What, 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 yeah. are your, what are your thoughts on, on the state of the designated hitter, in particular when Albert Pujols isn't the guy? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's going to be from the left side. And the one thing Yepes can do is he can hit both righties and lefties. So this isn't just a guy that, 
you know, you're bringing up and a lefty's on the mound and you're saying, well, let's go with Yepes at the outfield. And that might be a, a good matchup, but it's not always going to be that case. And then, you know, Albert as your DH. One of the reasons, I mean, the other day with Keller on the mound and you had a right-hander in Keller and a good slider, one of the reasons that Albert played when we were in Kansas City is that Ollie felt like, hey, he is going to give us a very competitive at-bat. He is going to grind through the at-bat. And that's a message to me that, you know, some of the others maybe aren't as competitive in his eyes. So, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, they, they need to get more production from that, that left side, and we'll see how it plays out. Dan McLaughlin on the call. The Cardinals and Giants four-game series getting underway this evening in San Francisco. Dan, always enjoy talking it over with you, sir. Thanks so much for the time. Believe me, it is my pleasure. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's two promos now. Thank you, Dan. You got it. There Thanks, Dan. Dan McLaughlin with us here as we wrap up Balloon Party. BK and Ferrario coming up next. Jackson, we have tickets to give away for the Bud Bash. What are we doing? What's going on? Well, we got Adam from Collinsville, who got a big W, sending in. Listening to Jackson talk about hockey. Uh, ooh. I lost the text. The text oh came in fast. Oh, my God. I might throw something. You should. I uh, might throw something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to... Oh, I found it. Listening to Jackson talk about hockey is like listening to my clueless, deadbeat uncle talk politics at Thanksgiving. Only worse because it's too early for me to be drunk yet. Adam from Collinsville. Adam from Collinsville. Very Congratulations. well done and incredibly accurate. Uh, you have won four tickets. Uh, Cardinals and Orioles, May 10th, courtesy of 101 ESPN. The Budweiser Bash, now available at cardinals.com slash promotions. This one is the Cardinals and Orioles on May 10th, which features a limited edition bobblehead giveaway of David Freeze and then also... Lee Smith, BK, and Ferrario up next. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.